coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. It's because they're very good at reading people. They're very good at knowing how to find that crack, find that crevice and getting in there. And remember, they don't attach themselves to you because you have so little value. They attach themselves to you because you have so much. But once you see, once you see those signs and once you know those signs, then it'll never happen to you again. So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zong, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. What's the difference between dealing with a narcissist and and dealing with an asshole? You can spot an asshole. You stay away from them. Narcissists are charming. They like know how to make you love them at the beginning. You know, an asshole, you'd be like, I'm not going near that person. You don't recognize the narcissist until you're like already in it. You know, when I was growing up, there was some something called the Roach Motel. You know, like roaches would come on in. Ooh, well, this looks pretty good. And then they'd be like stuck in there. Oof. They, like their tagline used to be like, roaches go in, but they can't get out or something like that. That's how it, like, it feels like with, with narcissists, right? You know, you're stuck in there once you're in there. It's like this web and then they're starting to suck all the life out of you. Like it kind of feels like that, except unless you have the sleigh method. Yes, that should be our new tagline. Yes, unless you have the sleigh method, then you can get out of the Roach Motel, right? This is how you get out, right? So this is how you have that upper hand in dealing with the narcissist. Here's the challenge in dealing with them. They have no boundaries. I mean, they're going to go after you with everything. You know, there's this... Um, they have this basically brain situation that they have going on where they're going to, you, you know, their, their limbic system will take over and they don't think from rational. They don't think from reasonable. They only think from their emotional center of their brain. You know, they have this phenomenon called splitting where they're now only thinking from, you know, I have to get this person. I have to do what I need to do in order to take this person down, in order to get them, in order to um, have, you know, because with the narcissist, it's black or white. For them, and they have a there's a phenomenon called splitting, and so for them, you you know the slightest thing can trigger them, and once they've been triggered, then you know they are now feeling like you're against them, and once you're against them, then. That, that perceived threat takes over 
And now you're in that discard phase. And now you become public enemy number one. And so during that time, that narcissistic injury has been triggered. And, you know, they're afraid of that humiliation, that shame, that being exposed. Their reaction can almost be disproportionate to the situation. So they're going to start going after you by filing false pleadings, filing motions, right? Doing all sorts of things, lining up their flying monkeys and doing all sorts of things that might not seem rational. And that limbic system is now taking over what normally might be reasonable cognitive functions, propelling them into an emotional state that overrides any sort of rational response. And honestly, during that period of time, they will do things that often is self-inflicted harm, frankly, they, meaning that it adversely affects themselves. So, you know, they will take themselves down to take you down. I mean, I've seen them burn their own businesses to the ground to not pay alimony or whatever, because they're not thinking clearly. They're only thinking in terms of, let me do what I need to do to inflict pain upon the other person. And so when you're dealing with that type of a person, you know, you have to deal with this type of a person in a way that's different than you are with a regular, rational, reasonable person in negotiations. All right. So negotiating with a narcissist is a whole different animal than negotiating with a rational, reasonable person who says, you know what? Let's not have to pay attorney's fees. And let's not, let's, let's think about how we can get to the end of the road here in a rational, reasonable way. You have to recognize that they're going to be gaslighting. They're going to be playing the victim. They're going to be intimidating, all that sort of thing. So you have to set clear boundaries right from the beginning. You can't, you can't fall for this trap that they're going to be, you know, trying to, you know, nicely collaborate with you at the beginning. You have to avoid emotional reactions because if you do, they're going to use that against you. Any kind of emotional reaction they will definitely be using against you. I always say they, they, they set traps, they go fishing and they, they say things that they know are going to trigger you. You know, so they purposely say things they know are going to trigger you. So they, they know that if being careful with money is really, really important to you, you know, they're going to say that you're terrible with money. That's the first thing that they're going to say because they know that you're going to come blazing out of your, you know, saddle with what are you saying? You know that I'm great with money, you know, and it, there they have you. So never defend yourself. That's one thing that I say all the time. Never defend yourself. Never defend yourself. Because the minute you start defending yourself, now you're in it. Now you're done. You're in. You're in the mud. You're down. You know, have a plan where you go 
you know, you have a scope, you have an agenda, you have a time limit. So that's one thing you're going to fluff for favor, vomit later, where you can actually go and fluff up their ego a little bit to to get a little something that you give them a little something that they want to get a little something that you want, which is, you know, I, I call ethically manipulating the manipulator. It's a strategy. It's a strategy, right? So strategies for effective communication, you know, staying focused on your topic, know what you want ahead of time. You know, uh, and I would say, make sure you have your, what, what I call choke point ahead of time before you walk into the room. Some people call it a vomit point, but you know, know what you're, you want ahead of time. Know what your risk analysis is, you know, using I statements instead of you statements, you know, things like that. Making sure that you take time to breathe, what I call cool words, you know, so that you can, you know, chill out a little bit if you need to, or observe um, their behavior, observe what's going on in the room, you know, uh, let it go by you, uh, you know, just let their words go by you. Just watch them go by. Like I was saying, like dodgeball. Oh, I see that that just went by. I see you just said that. That's nice. You know, you just don't, you don't do anything about it. Because you just have to start seeing things like it's a like they're a toddler in the room, right? And then words are like just being positive, you know, have a positive affirmation, a positive word. So, you know, having strategies so that you can actually start to feel more positive. So just some things that you can do to gain upper hand an upper hand in dealing with them. Because if you don't have these strategies, you will be sunk. I want you to find your place, find your home here. One of the things that narcissists do is isolate you. And I don't want you to feel isolated anymore. I want you to feel like you have a place. Here's one of the ways that I want you to start knowing how you can slay that bully. And that is understanding the power of knowledge, understanding the power of step one, don't run. Step two is making that U-turn and step three is breaking free. Step one is knowledge, boundaries, seeing them for who they are. And this is all part of that slay methodology, strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focus on you. But don't run. You're course correcting. You're turning things around. You are stopping this conditioning and understanding that They started right from the beginning, conditioning you, mirroring you, charming you, being exactly what they knew you wanted them to be. And they're really, really good at that. This is a survival skill for them. So they started at the beginning becoming exactly what you wanted them to be. They they read that in you, understanding that you can't take that personally. You can't feel guilty about that. You can't feel shame about that. They're very, very good at reading people. I felt a lot of blame and shame about that initially. I was supposed to be strong. I was supposed to be powerful. I was supposed to be this badass attorney. Even when I started on YouTube, you know, tell my story. Even at the beginning when I I saw, oh my gosh, 
the first videos that were going viral, I thought, oh my gosh, it's how to negotiate with a narcissist. I thought, I don't know if I really want to be the narcissism queen. I, and, and I thought, okay, I'll do a few more of these. But then I thought, I know I don't really want to tell my own story of how I'd had a narcissistic business partner long after I'd already built this massive, huge practice as a divorce attorney where I was representing big, powerful people, right? But I didn't want to tell my story about that because I felt shameful about that. I thought, how did this happen to me? You know, but it's because they're very good at reading people. They're very good at knowing how to find that crack, find that crevice and getting in there. And remember, they don't attach themselves to you because you have so little value. They attach themselves to you because you have so much. But once you see, once you see those signs and once you know those signs, then it'll never happen to you again. And the truth of the matter is, once you have authentic power, once you know who you are, then they can never touch you again. There's a line in The Wizard of Oz where Glinda the Good Witch is talking to Dorothy and the Wicked Witch of the West comes in and tries to be around Glinda and Dorothy. And Glinda says, go away, you have no power here. And there's so much in that because basically what she's saying is, you have no power around people who know who they are. You have no power around authentic good goodness. That's how it is with narcissists as well. When you know who you are, when you are authentically in your own being, they don't have true power. And really it is the power of the universe. It's the power of true true love. It's the power of true heart. And when you're deep down inside using the power of your soul and you are authentically in your own zone, they don't have power. They're definitely much more afraid of you than you are of them. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day? But according to the EPA, it's two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and then sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. I know for us and our family, our family has struggled with allergies to dust mites and mold and all sorts of things. And that's why we have loved using an air purifier. And Air Doctor has been amazing for us. And it has captured the attention of media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. And it filters out 99.9% of dangerous contaminants such as allergens and pollen and pet dander and all sorts of bacteria and viruses so that your lungs don't have to. And it's super quiet and much more quiet than other ordinary air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use your promo code, yourbestlife. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit 
which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code your best life. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly Exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bestlife to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bestlife. So step one is don't run, creating boundaries, seeing them for who they are, starting to look at it as if you're a third party, starting to observe, almost like you're observing a child having a tantrum on the floor and starting to demand that you be spoken to with respect. You can always say that. You can always start using phrases that are ones that are saying, hey, this approach is not working for me. I deserve to be spoken to with a level of respect. You know, you don't have to engage. You don't have to say anything at all. The point is, don't allow yourself to be triggered. Don't allow yourself to be baited. Pretend like you're reporting the news. Never explain, justify, or overshare. That is step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. This is where you are starting to turn things around. You're starting to move forward. You start presenting agreements. You start using your leverage. Remember, S is strategy. So S is strategy. And you. this is where you are actually saying, you know, that's part of your step one, right? And when you are making a strategy, you are making sure that you have a clear vision. A lot of times when you are dealing with a narcissist, you're very, very apt to feel like you're just on the defensive all the time. And when you're on the defensive all the time, you just feel like all you want to do is say, here's what I want. I want them to stop lying. All I want is a good lawyer. I just want everybody to see them for who they are. Those are not a clear vision for what you want. So a clear vision for what you want is I want a settlement 
of 50% of the assets and I want it to be done within six months and I want freedom from this situation and I want to be able to live in a home that looks like this. What is it that you want? Remember that football teams don't win on a good defense. The offense is what scores the points. So, you know, you want to be the one creating that vision. And that's how you can now start to create action steps and have a system for creating an action step. But you have to have a vision first. L is leverage. And that's where you get into your step two and making that U-turn. How are you going to create leverage? And remember, leverage has to do with their supply. Diamond level supply versus coal level supply. So diamond level supply is how they look to the world. And then coal level supply is manipulating you, making you squirm, making you feel bad. And they will keep coming back to you and getting that coal level supply as long as they're getting it. As long as they're getting it from you, they will keep coming back because it's a source. The key is to figure out a form of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from manipulating you and jerking you around, which is that coal level supply. And then threaten that source of supply. That's your strategy. But you can't actually get take that form of supply away because if you do, then your leverage is gone. It's ethically manipulating the manipulator. And that is the only thing that you can do. Understanding that how narcissists think has to do with the formation of their brain as children. It's a physiological issue that during childhood, they experienced trauma. When we are in a situation as human beings where we are presented with feelings that we need to feel like we are in survival mode. Our bodies feel like we need to either fight, flight, or freeze. When that happens, our brains produce chemicals. It's cortisol, it's epinephrine or adrenaline. If that happens on a regular basis, then it causes arrested development in children in the limbic system part of their brain. That is then what is referred to as narcissistic injury. When that narcissistic injury is triggered, it can cause narcissistic rage. It can cause a number of issues. Then they're thinking from that part of their brain. When that happens, they don't even necessarily know what they're, they've done. They don't remember. Sometimes they do things that, is not, that are not rational. You're interacting with that part of their brain at that point. It's black and white. What triggers them? It could be any number of things. It could be that they feel slighted. It could be an eye roll. It could be potentially feeling like they're going to be exposed. But it could be anything. It could be nothing. It could be something that you have no idea what it could be. Once you're against them, you become public enemy number one. And they have to take you down before you can take them down. The thing about that is that they will take themselves down to take you down. The myth is that they just want to win. The problem with that is that line of thinking is that it completely discounts and forgets about that coal level supply. It only takes into account diamond level supply. People think, well, what is it that they want? I'll just give it to them and then I'll be done. What you end up doing is you end up giving away your leverage. You end up basically negotiating against yourself right from the beginning. And by the way, they don't even appreciate it. They just feel entitled to whatever it is that you gave them at the beginning. Now you've given away your leverage and you're still nowhere. You're actually behind. You have to think offensively and strategically from the beginning. 
especially if you're dealing with a real narcissist. That's L. A is anticipating. And that is, you know, part of what we've already been talking about, but also anticipating that they're going to try to trigger you. They're going to try to bait you. They're going to be emotional. They're going to be like this. So having all kinds of strategies, ways to deal with them, ways to interact with them, ways to handle them, always wear that white hat, never the black hat, because they will do things. And every single time you want to be prepared, instead of expecting them to act like rational, reasonable people and overlaying that, why aren't they acting like this? You have to say, every time they act the way they do, you just document it, write it down, and you go, thank you very much. I have something else that I can now use. And looking at it like that, understanding how you're going to use that to present. In my book, I give you lots and lots of go-to ways that you can start using all of these pieces of the puzzle. And tons of like, okay, here's a grab and go. Here's a grab and go. Here's a grab and go. Because I want you to have all the tools in your toolbox. Lots of arrows in your quiver. That's why make sure you come to the launch event on September 30th, which is going to be amazing. Like this is going to be huge. I have so many incredible gifts for people who show up live. So make sure you come to slaythebullylaunch.com for people who invite people to the event. We've got tons and tons of gifts for people who invite people. Like if you invite five people, you get two free chapters to my book. If you invite 10 people, you get, I think, a signed copy of my book and you get some digital wallpaper for your phone. And if you invite 25 people, you get something else. So make sure you come, you go to slaythebullylaunch.com, sign up. Next is the why. This is the you, you being powerful, you being the best version of yourself, you being your mindset, you being on the offensive. 100% of any win is one before of, of any negotiation is one before you even walk into a room. You have to be powerful. And by the way, you and you alone define your value. One of my most favorite stories is how I learned this myself. You know, I had been practicing as an attorney for about eight years. I went and worked for Morgan Stanley as a financial advisor for a couple of years. And then I went back to law to start my law practice. I remember saying to my business coach at the time that I was so worried that people were going to think that I was a flake. And she said, you can tell people that you're a flake. And she said, you know, people will think what you tell them to think. She said, you can tell people that you're a flake or you can tell people that you are the only attorney in town that has a financial background. Which story would you like to tell? And I said, oh, maybe I'll tell that story. And I told that story. And, you know, that was the, the, the what I decided would be how I would present myself. You know, people will think what you tell them to think. How do you show up? What is your aura? You and you alone define your value. And so within two years of having that conversation with my business coach, I had one of the biggest, most powerful practices in Florida. And I was representing billionaires and celebrities and all sorts of things. And I was on extra being a commentator for celebrity divorces and all sorts of things. All sorts of things happened to me, but it wouldn't have happened if I had shown up and was like apologetic and, oh, I'm a flake and all of that. You know, it doesn't happen in reverse. 
you have to believe it first. One of the things that I I love about your style and, and, and the things that you teach is that you talk a lot about neuroscience. And uh, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of neuroscience. I love, I totally nerd out on neuroscience. I yeah, me too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and, and I totally, I, I nerd out on quantum physics and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I read it. I mean, I'm a, a huge um, studier of, of Joe Dispenza and all. That's why yeah. I um, uh, connected with Curtis so much, our, our dear friend in common. Um, but I want you to talk about um, negotiating under pressure and also the mirror neurons and the different voices. So can we talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, because you're, um, you've got some great tools for how to deal with high-conflict personalities using mirror neurons. And, um, and you talk about mirror neurons in the context of neuroscience. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. And, you know, um, negotiating under pressure, um, it's how you interpret it in your head. Like I saw a bumper sticker a long time ago. What's the difference between adventure and ordeal? And the answer is attitude. And um, I'm going to get the book. I don't have it yet. Uh, uh, Billie Jean King. I think the title of her book is um, Pressures of Privilege. So if you can reinterpret like that, you know, that's one of the reasons why she was so phenomenally successful. Uh, you know, pressure made her feel good just because of the way she interpreted it in her head, the attitude she took towards it. Is it an adventure? Is it an ordeal? Is it is it an ordeal or is it a privilege? Um, because then you, you're 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 then gaming your own mind in a positive way, and and I believe very strongly you're 31 percent smarter in a positive frame of mind. The the flow state is highly positive. Um, you, it's impossible to be emotionally without emotion. You're either positive or you're negative. If you're if you're smarter in a positive frame of mind, then by definition, when you're in a negative frame of mind, you're dumber. So there's a little bit of management of self involved in interpreting pressure. And then the mirror neurons and, and the voices that you use is a is a great tool because it's a two-way street. Um, now I know there's some argument whether or not there's mirror neurons or whether it's emotional resonance circuitry in the brain. But the point of fact is how it re your brain responds exactly the same. My tone of voice will have an immediate impact on how your brain reacts. And if I use a soothing, to the other calming person. Just to voice, make sure that well, it's two ways. Like I use the late night FM DJ voice to calm myself down. Well, that's definitely true too. But what we're talking about here as well is when you're interacting with another person, right? A, a high conflict personality, right? Might be set or you're in a, a difficult situation. Someone who's who's uh, gaslighting you, attacking you, something like that too, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 calming, soothing voice will calm them down. 
it will slow them down. It actually slows the brain down. And when someone who's high conflict, you know, you sort of your first move is slowing them down. You know, it creates some space for you, gives you a chance to think. It takes a little bit of the attack off. Um, it was what we were taught as hostage negotiators. Now, there's been some misinterpretation of this. Um, Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, he would he would say first match their affect if they're attacking. You know, you raise your voice too, and then once matched, you can bring them down by using a calming voice. And I would teach you, and I think the neuroscience backs it up. You don't got to match them to bring them down. You know, that that's a waste of time. And you might spin out of control simultaneously if you match that that attack. So use the late night FM DJ voice. Calm is contagious. Emotions have contagion because of the mirror neurons or the emotional resonance circuitry, whatever you want to call it. So use that as a way to diffuse the attack, to get gain some space, to slow them down. It's it's a it's a great tool. It's it works globally because it works with humans. Yeah, I mean, you can actually measure emotions and hurts. Mm, okay. You know, there, there's actually a an emotional scale that you can measure in hurts. You know, you can Google it and find out what the actual hurts are for emotions. But, you know, um, like joy and, and yeah. love and happiness or... I don't know, somewhere around 700, 6, 700, something like that. And and anger and all of that is either much lower and hurts. So if you want to, you know, have like attract like, you can you want to have your hurts be somewhere higher so that you are uh, interacting with somebody in a much higher vibrational state. It's 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 a much um, it will allow for um, a, a, a vibrational state that's will allow for more empathy, more joy, more it, it, everything from the heart map map, a brain heart map mapping will will allow for more open communication on uh, all different levels. So, and then, you know, which leads more into your tactical empathy conversations. I mean, everything opens up. So I think, you know, by using your mirror neurons, by using your uh, late night DJ voice instead of the combative voice, that I think is the, the other words that you used, it, it, it makes a huge difference. I think it makes a huge difference, especially when you are dealing with somebody who is... Um, you know, in a in a in a high conflict state. I mean, you know, I also am a proponent of trying to take yourself out of it. You know, trying to look at it as a third party and just trying to say, "Hey, you know, I can see that you're upset. You know, I can see that you are angry. You know, trying to take yourself out of it and almost observe their behavior." Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, also look at it and, and use those types of, 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 of voices like you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So you can almost, that tries to, that way you can 
um, not take it personal. Start not taking it personal. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, yeah. Because obviously the person is upset and and not and, and then also say, hey, we can you know continue this conversation when you're no longer upset and and you know walk away if you need to. But um okay, so let's uh, and here's what I like to point out that I really like about what you just said. Um, because first of all, you gotta you gotta liberate yourself, don't take yourself hostage, always be willing to walk away. Mm-hmm. And then the way that you express that, which would have been a great last impression, you know, it's an invitation to be highly collaborative under a given set of circumstances, which is a perfect opportunity to walk away. You know, we can continue this conversation when you're not upset. I mean, that's, it's not attacking. That's not judgmental. It's leaving. It's, it's not like when you're not upset and you're not being a jerk, you know, maybe you could call me back. That's completely different approach. It Mm -hmm. it would be a great last ending laying out the uh, last impression, laying out the parameters for future conversations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I I have a, a, a number of different ways that I tell people, you know, listen, you know, when you're going to go talk to somebody, you know, I, I have a thing where I, I call it making a plan stand. You know, if you know that somebody is a high conflict personality, you know, make sure you have an agenda or a plan when you go to speak with them, have a time limit, time limit when you go to speak with them so that you know that you're limiting the the conversation to a particular issue, to a particular scope, to a t- particular time limit. And that way, if it goes beyond that scope, if it be- goes beyond that time limit, you, you know, you can have control of that. You can say, listen, this is what we talk- agreed to talk about. This is, you know, the time limit that we have. So that you don't feel like, oh, it, it went beyond this. I, you know, it's all over the place, you know, because... Especially if you feel a, a, a certain amount of angst or anxiety around talking to that person, and then you go to sit down with them, you can feel a, a certain amount of calm. Like this is this is the scope. This is what we're going to be talking about. I can know that this is what it is, right? And not feel like I'm going to be sandbagged or attacked because I don't know what the 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 topic of conversation is going to be, right? Um, and, and then, you know, I, I, I like to give people phrases, you know, um, I can see that, you know, you're upset or, or whatever and, and, and use these phrases to, um, or, you know, phrases like, uh, I agree with you. I agree that, that that is your opinion. I agree that that is what you think. You know, I like to use words like I agree because it starts with uh, something that people like to hear, but then ends with really nothing. Like they you didn't end up agreeing with anything, but it it people hear words that they like to hear, you know, or I hear you. I hear I hear what you're saying, you know, something like that. Because people get acknowledged then. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. Want to be acknowledged. 
I mean, my second book was Negotiate Like You Matter. Matter was the um, the acronym. But all people want to feel seen, heard, and know that they matter. I mean, that that's the bottom line. All negotiating is really just to people who want to walk away with something where they felt like they got something out of the deal of value. And if they don't get something of value, then the deal is not going to stick. I mean, that that's my experience out of 20-something years of doing this, you know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. One thing I really want you to understand is that people will think what you tell them to think. And you want to make sure that you are communicating to these people that you are powerful, that you are the one who's in control. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life, whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets, and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Spiritually, I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free From Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. These uh, red flags, you, you know, when it comes time to give a gift, then um, you might know that you are actually in a relationship with a narcissist. You know, narcissists don't like holidays. They don't like gift giving. They don't like birthdays. They don't like special occasions. They don't like opportunities where they are not going to be the center of attention. And now we return to today's show. How do you have a conversation with a narcissist? Obviously, you don't 
You don't say the word no to a narcissist. You don't, how do you manipulate the conversation to be able to get a narcissist to do something that you want them to do? So there's, you know what, there's two things here for me. If I go back into where we mentioned at the very beginning about billionaires and and a lot of a lot of the guys who sit at the very top of the big private equity firms are billionaires, right? You wouldn't know their names. They're not written down anywhere, but they are. And there is a, a, a view here I have that sometimes to get to the very top of anything, maybe you have to have some of the traits of narcissism. You, know, you see it in the world of sport, you know, the, the, they call it the goats, the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. I've seen that in business. Yeah. But to your question, to your question specifically, I think there's a couple of things that I learned. And I'm a big believer that your environment shapes everything. We joked about Adelaide. You know, if I'd stayed there, maybe I would have. Maybe Serial would killer or a priest. But, you know, you know, he's a priest or, or a shark diver or something. <laughs> or a shark. But um, I, found two, two, I found two different patterns that work. And, and I'll, I'll contextualize this by saying you have to be very, very good at influence and persuasion. You have to be very, very good at reading situations and you have to sort of have this almost like, you, you build up a sense of this. It's almost like it's something that becomes a skill. But, and the reason I say that is there are some narcissists that I have absolutely said no to and been successful, right? I have, I've done that for sure. And there are others where there's no way that if I'd taken that approach, I would have been able to be successful. And the, the challenge is how do you pick? How do you know? Right? And the, the thing that goes into my mind a little bit is, you know, if you've ever done any martial arts or boxing or anything like that, there's a point in time where, you know, you know you have the ability to put the right punch in or not. Okay? And other times it's about playing defense versus offense. Okay? But the whole thing's a game. The whole thing's a game. And what I found to, to work sometimes, if someone was, you know, maybe they'd stumbled a little bit, they weren't quite, they'd shown a little bit of vulnerability. Sometimes you can attack that. Okay. And if you understand that vulnerability, you can go quite deep into the wound if you if you're that way inclined. Mm-hmm. And and people buckle. They may not buckle in the moment, but they leave. They leave the room. Right. And and things like that, because they don't know what to do. And that's where the bullying piece, I think, works quite interestingly. So, you know, if you if you feel that you're getting in a situation where you you have the angle to put the punch in, I've I've been successful at doing that. And that's actually got me through many a negotiation as well. Other times that's great advice. That is great yeah. advice. It's interesting. I mean, this is it, it, it's such a I look back in the world now, I've got literally the hairs on my on my arms are standing up as I'm telling this because I can feel being in these places again. Um, there are times where the opponent is, you know, maybe too strong for you. Maybe at that point as well. Like sometimes I'm a big believer in energy right now, but I understand it now. Back then I didn't. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of energy that can be overwhelming if you have a certain, if you walk into a situation with a huge amount of confidence. But when I've had people who you know that they have to win and they they have to feel like they're winning all the time. There's a, there's a classic martial art called Aikido. And the whole concept of Aikido is to use someone's power and strength and force against them. So if you ever Google it, you'll see this, this little guy, tiny little guy, old guy, 
battling these muscle-bound people and just flipping them all over the place because the harder the force into them, the more he has the tools and the skills to be able to reverse that force back. Mm. And so, so what I found is with certain narcissists, you have to make it look like they win yeah. quite a lot, actually. It might be over, over weeks, months, right, maybe longer. But what you're really doing is you're just bringing the force towards you until the point in time where you can reverse the force. Oh, and, you sorry. know, how that looks, how that looks, right, is, and this is, I hate saying this, but I'm going to say it. You belay your own values. You, you get inside. You become a trusted ally, right? You become the person they start to trust until you can then turn that back against them. Yeah, I call it ethically manipulating the manipulator. Yeah, but you have to, and this is the thing, the reason I hate this, and I do hate this, is you have to sometimes compromise your own ethics for a period of time. And sometimes that time, as I said, could be a longer period of time, right, to be able to influence that person. And I think from doing this type of activity for a decade, as I've just explained it, I think that's what started to get me to that breakdown experience. So I was winning on the outside in, as I said, I was winning these things. But as I was starting to conflict with values, ethics, my own morality, whatever, that was starting to chip away at me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it. I get it. I mean, but you know, there are times when I'm talking to people and they'll say, oh, you know, my soon to be X wants to get back together, but I don't want to get back together. But I'll say, go along with the conversation for now until, you know, because let them think that you're going to, you know, I mean, there's times that that is something you you have to do. I mean, or even if it's, a a business partner or whatever, and they think that there's still a chance that you, whatever, you have to kind of let lead them along for a a while. Um, There are times that you do have to kind of have that conversation for a while. I mean, I call it ethically manipulating the manipulator because they are manipulators and they're opportunists and you have to do what you have to do to survive. It is that. It, it just depends, I think, on the actions. So I'll give you an example of that. I mentioned before that I'd go into businesses and fire people, effectively restructure. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of decisions I made through that journey where I sacked my friends. Mm. That my good must friends. have been hard, very hard. Yeah. And and not for the reasons they, they, that they weren't, weren't friends performing. after that. I, I'm assuming <laughs> uh, some of them are because I've been I've had the opportunity to explain the situation. I think in that world you you have to appreciate that you are playing a game. You are acting out to some extent a different caricature. So not not always, but but if you think about it, like if you've got a narcissist who says, "I just want you to get rid of that person," and you go, "Well, why?" Because they're doing a great job. Their numbers are off the charts. I just don't like them. So do it. So in that situation, what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. Do you go back to the bully? No, you know, I'm out, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. I'm gone, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know that's probably the next conversation 
Mm-hmm. Or do you say yes to it, knowing it's the wrong thing to do for lots of reasons, and and even the reason that's been given is a is a crap reason. If you're paralyzed in negotiation conversations, and you're just not sure what to say. Maybe you're afraid of rejection. I have a simple six-step foolproof method that will allow you to feel confident and powerful when you go into your negotiations. I've proven this method with thousands of clients, and now it's your turn to be in on the secrets. In order to win, both sides need to feel seen, heard, and feel like they matter. So your acronym is MATTER. You want to negotiate like you matter. M-A-T-T-E-R. M stands for my value. My value is defined by me. The negotiation process is an inside-out process, meaning you start with the internal parts of yourself, and then you work outward toward preparation for that big day or that big conversation. So I always say that 80% of the negotiation happens before you even walk into the room. You start internally. Your value is defined by you. And I want to make sure that you understand that there is a difference between your internal value, which is whole and complete and inherent and infinite, and your external value, which I'll get into a little bit more in step two. But just for now, remember that step one is my value is defined by me, or as I like to say, you and you alone define your value. And remember that people will think what you tell them to think. So you need to communicate to them that you are valuable. Step two is... A, which is analyze your research and create your arguments and your leverage. This is the next layer out. So remember, the first layer is your internal value. The second layer out is now you're going to build your external value. So this is going to be where you you do your research, you create your arguments, you look at ways to create leverage. You're going to start figuring out what the other side's pain points are, what's going to motivate them. What what is it that is going to get them to want to come to the table and have a conversation with you? And this is especially important to determine what the other side's arguments are going to be because you're going to want to be ready to either speak to them or refute them, especially if the person is a narcissist. And that's a whole special category of their own. And if you are going to be dealing with somebody who is a narcissist or you are dealing with someone who's a narcissist, I would encourage you to watch my other video, which I specifically uh, spoke to how to deal with a narcissist. And I'll go ahead and put the link to that below the video here. But step two is analyze your research and create your arguments and your leverage. That's what the A is. Next up, step three, which is the T. Step three is T. Remember, we're using the word matter as an acronym. So M-A-T. T stands for dress to a T and then use powerful body language and words. Your clothes, the things that you wear, actually has a psychological impact on your brain. There's scientific proof that if you wear clothes that make you feel like a million bucks, that you will feel more confident and more powerful. So make sure you put on that power suit or you wear that power dress or whatever it is that makes you feel amazing because that's going to be important. The other thing is colors. 
So you want to wear certain colors that will communicate psychological message to the other person. If you want me to do a specific video just on colors, go ahead and drop a comment below and say colors or colors, please, something like that so I know. Then you are going to want to use powerful body language and powerful words. And I can do some separate videos on those as well. But you want to make sure that you're doing things like a chin grab or a steepling, things like that, that make you feel, that you make you look and seem more powerful. And you also want to read the other person's body language and make sure that you're reading it correctly as well. So step number three was T. Dress to a T and use powerful body language and words. We are halfway there. The next thing is step four. And step four is the next T, which is tackle the heart issue second. Or the other way that I like to put it is start with areas that you might agree on and then work toward the more contested issues. Because you want to build momentum. You want to build a feeling of trust. You want the other person to start feeling like you value them. And I say this, even if you hate the other person's guts, even if you despise them and you detest every hair on their head, if you are having a conversation with them, then obviously there's something that you want from the other person. So if you want to get what you want, then you've got to acknowledge the other side and make them feel like they matter. So you're going to start with areas where you might agree so you feel like you get that momentum going. And by the way, this is where you might pull out your leverage because once you create that leverage, you want to use it at the very specific time that it's going to be optimum for you. And so here is where you may want to pull out what your leverage is. If, by the way, you are specifically going through a divorce and you're watching this video, I do have a, a different video just specifically on how to create leverage in divorce. And I will drop a link to that below as well. So make sure you check that out if that's your situation. So just remember that the second T in M-A-T-T-E-R stands for tackle the heart issues second. Next up is step five. Step five is E. Keep your emotions in check. That's what E stands for. You're going to want to maintain control. It doesn't mean that you can't be passionate about your positions or your arguments, but by doing the work of the MATT coming before you, which means you've done your research, you, you've created your value internally, externally, you've done your preparations, you're going to be ready and your emotions will stay much more in check. The only reason why they go skidding out of control is when you feel like, you're not really sure what it is that you're talking about or that the other side isn't acknowledging you. But if you know your internal value, you don't have to worry about that as much. So E is keep your emotions in check. And we made it. Step six. The last step is your R in matter. And R stands for, drum roll please, record your agreements in writing. This doesn't mean it has to be a formal contract, no signing in blood or anything like that. It can just be a follow-up text or email that says, hey, thanks for speaking with me, and here's what we agreed upon, or here's what we discussed. That way, you eliminate any misunderstandings right away. So, negotiate like you matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. I have a special gift for you. It's your little negotiation cheat sheet 
so that you can remember each one of these steps in M-A-T-T-E-R. And it's free. And just it's in the link below. I'm dropping a link below. So how do you create leverage over narcissists? So first of all, let's talk about what a narcissist is. A narcissist is a person that has no inner sense of value and has to get all of their value from the external world through what we call a concept of narcissistic supply. And if you want to know more about narcissistic supply, definitely check out my video on that topic. And this person also has no sense of care or compassion for other people. So no problem stepping on people, no problem, you know, collateral damage, getting people uh, on, you know, stepping on them on the way up and hurting them to get where they want to go. So, or using people for, for their own gain, that sort of thing. So that's what a narcissist is. Okay. So now, uh, in the workplace, you're going to find them in all different areas because they estimate that at least one in 10 people has narcissistic traits or lacks the ability to have empathy or actually is a narcissist. I've actually heard statistics recently that it's actually as high as 16%. So there's a huge number of people that have these traits, unfortunately. So you will encounter them in the workplace and you will encounter them when you are negotiating with them as well, either as potential clients or vendors or buyers or sellers. It could be your boss. It could be an employee. It could be a coworker, a colleague. Really, it doesn't matter, but it can help. It, it can, it can slow down your career. You can actually lose deals. So if you can learn how to negotiate with these people from a place of strength, from a position of confidence, from a position of power, then it will actually increase your bottom line, increase your performance. You will close more deals and your life will be a heck of a lot more peaceful. So let's talk about now the basics of negotiating in general. So I wrote a book called Negotiate Like You Matter. Matter is the acronym for how to negotiate. And the reason I call it that is because, yes, all people want to feel seen, heard, and know that they matter. But narcissists are that on steroids. They, like, they, they want to make sure that the only person who feels like they matter, they don't care about you. So the acronym is MATTER, and the first letter is M, and that stands for my value is defined by me. All people want to feel seen, heard, and know that they matter. You are the one that has to define how you matter. You are the one that has to define how you show up, what people think of you. People will think what you tell them to think. It's one of the best lessons I've ever learned. So you have to... De demonstrate that by demonstrating your confidence, your abilities, and uh, the value that you bring to the negotiations. Narcissists will respect you a hell of a lot more if you are strong. And that is one way you can definitely get leverage over them. The next thing is A. And A stands for anticipate the uh, arguments, analyze your research, and that's how you also start to create leverage. Uh, T stands for tackling hard issues 
issue second, meaning start with the areas that you might agree and then work toward the more contested areas. By having some sort of rapport, it will definitely help you, uh, especially with narcissists. You can't just go right in and say, hey, you're a narcissist and you can't have anything. You will never get anywhere with that. So if you want to start to create more leverage over them, get them to trust you a little bit. Okay, and if you want to know more about that, you should definitely check out some of my interviews that I've done, like with John Demartini and Bob Proctor. They have great, great advice on all of that. Okay, so the next T stands for dressing to a T, meaning feel confident, wear colors that make you feel more confident. I have a whole video on clothing color psychology and negotiations. You can definitely check that out. But wear things that make you feel like a million bucks that make you feel powerful. Really, really important. E stands for keeping the emotion out of it. So, so important. I have a video with Judge Lynn Toller where she talks about how to keep the emotions out of it, how to just sort of start looking at the negotiation almost as a game or almost as like a third party observer. Really, really great advice. And the next letter is R, which stands for record agreements in writing. That's another great way to have leverage over narcissists is to make sure you hold them to their word. And remember that the best leverage over narcissists has to do with narcissistic supply because supply is what they feed off of. Supply is their food, their lifeblood, their oxygen. And so they have what I call diamond level supply, which is anything that makes them look good, how they look to the world, that people respect them, that they're adulated, that they people think that they're amazing and wonderful. That's diamond level supply. What I call coal level supply or the supply that just kind of burns and, and gives them energy, but it's not like the, the best is the supply that they get from jerking you around and making you miserable, especially in negotiations. So the best leverage is one that threatens a source of diamond level supply and makes them think that they have to protect that. And, and so therefore letting you go is going to be more attractive than continuing to get supply out of you by making you miserable. So I have a whole lot more on this in my free webinar, which is called uh, Create Leverage Over Narcissists in Business with my three-step magic bullet formula. So I have actually a three-step magic bullet formula that I uh, outline for you in a longer form, in a webinar form. It's totally free. I would love to have you come join me on it. The link is below. So just sign up, come spend the time with me. I'll be there live out answering your questions as well. And we can have a whole discussion about the kinds of things that you're actually dealing with. So come join me on my free live webinar. I would love to see you there. You're getting ready to negotiate with a narcissist. You should never, ever, ever negotiate with a narcissist without these things. So number one is a powerful, powerful, powerful mindset. Remember that you and you alone define your value. You are in inherently valuable. And there's different ways to define value, by the way. So, you know, value can be 
anything from how you feel inside to the value that you bring to the table as far as money or leverage or anything like that, but you define your value. You and you alone define your value. And one thing I really want you to understand is that people will think what you tell them to think. And you want to make sure that you are communicating to these people that you are powerful, that you are the one who's in control. Okay, so that's number one is make sure that you have a powerful, powerful mindset. The second thing that you should never, ever, ever even think about negotiating without is having all of your arguments ready to go, having your research done, having your leverage ready to go. If you don't have all of your arguments ready and your research done, and research on your side, by the way, and also researching as if you are the other person, because you want to make sure that you are anticipating what it is that they are going to say. So you do your research on your side, and then you also do your risk assessment. You need to make sure, is this an argument I really want to make? Or how much research do I really need to, to do, and how much money do I want to spend researching? In other words, a lot of times people think, that narcissists are hiding assets or hiding money, and a lot of times they do. And if you want to know more about what how narcissists hide money or assets, check out my video on what kinds of financial tricks narcissists play, especially in divorce. I have a whole video on that. But they a lot of times do hide money or maybe are hiding income or maybe they're paid in cash or something like that. So you need to kind of do some risk assessment on that by saying, okay, do I want to hire a forensic accountant? Do I want to hire somebody who can maybe find assets for me? There's guys out there that I know that can find assets even in other countries. But, you know, sometimes you have, I mean, they're expensive sometimes. And sometimes, you know, you have to think about how much money do I want to spend? How much money do I really think is out there? You know, you don't want to spend a few thousand to get back a few thousand. If you're going to spend a few thousand, you want to get back, you know, 50 grand or a hundred grand, right? So do your risk assessment and making sure that you um, are prepared. So that's the next thing. And the next thing is never, ever, ever negotiate without being ready to anticipate the types of emotional triggers that you're going to have. So if you're really, really feeling powerless and you're really, really feeling like the other person is going to have the upper hand on you, then you want to make sure that you are going to be ready for that. And definitely check out my video too on negotiating with someone when you think that they're more powerful than you, because I offer lots and lots more tips on that and just making sure that you come across super, super powerful. So you want to have all of your arguments ready to go. The next thing that you want to have ready before you even walk into that room is what your first offer is going to be and also what your choke point is going to be. You want to make sure that you have your walk away point because when you get into that room, you are definitely going to be triggered. 
bedroom, especially when you're dealing with the narcissist because they want to take you down. That's their goal. They don't want to settle this. Remember, they're getting narcissistic supply from making you squirm and making you miserable. That's why they constantly move goalposts. And you should definitely check out my video on why narcissists move goalposts too. But they don't want to come to an agreement. They like making you squirm. So you will definitely be triggered. So before you even walk into the room, one of the most important things you have is knowing what your best offer is and what your last offer is going to be. What's your choke point? What's your walk away point? I actually had a a client one time who said, you know, they called it their vomit point. Like that's the part, that's, that's the point at which I throw up and walk away. But whatever you want to call it, what's your bottom line? What's the point at which you go, this is it. I'm not negotiating anymore. And it's so important that you come up with all of these things before you walk into the room, because that day will be an emotional day. All right. So never, ever, ever negotiate without being fully prepared, knowing what your first offer is going to be, knowing what your walk away point is going to be and then sticking to that. Psychological tricks to win any negotiation. And you know what? Sometimes the first negotiation that you're doing is in the morning when you wake up with your own self, with your own self-worth. You know, I always say I can't even leave my own thoughts unsupervised. Okay. So the very first thing is when you're walking into that room to negotiate, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to walk in with power. I want you to walk in with total confidence because the first thing that people notice is that with that air, with that air of power, because that is the first thing that people feel. You tell people what to think. People will think what you tell them to think before you even open your mouth. Use that body language, all right? You walk in with total confidence and then you you use their name. Even like being willing to negotiate at their place, all of that sort of thing. And, and by the way, your colors, the colors that you wear, that can matter too. And I actually have a whole video on just that topic, but that's for another whole video and you can go and check that out clothing colors totally can make a difference. Definitely check out that video on that topic. All right. By the way, you're definitely going to want to stay till the end because you know the end is, of course, I'm going to save the best one for the last. All right. Number two, know your opponent's weaknesses, of course, because you're going to do your research. You're going to do your research. You're going to do your research for yourself. You're going to figure out what, you know, what are your arguments? You know, you're going to do that. What people don't think about is doing the arguments, figuring it out what the other side is going to argue. So many people forget about thinking about what the other side is going to argue as if you are in the other side's shoes. And then this is like so, mm, mm, mm. So good, so good, so good. This is a psychological trick that is like the best, the best. You ready for it? When you go in, address their arguments before they even have a chance to bring them up. What you're going to do is you're going to say, I know, 
I know that you're going to say this, that you're going to argue this. And here's my response. Here's why your argument is crap. So now you've already taken the wind out of their sails. That is such a good psychological trick to win against them in any negotiation. Okay. So now you've you've walked in with confidence. You've used their name. You've said, hi, hello, I'm here. And you've sat down. You've already said, oh, I know what you're about to argue. You're going to say this. And here's why your argument is uh, total crap. Now, what are they going to do? Hmm. So that's number one and two. Pretty good, right? I still got four more to go. Stay with me. Number three, number three, number three is be completely and totally unflappable no matter what. They can say whatever they want to say, and you're just like, mm hmm. Because you know what? They are trying to trigger you, especially those narcissists. They want to trigger you. That is what they want to do so bad. So bad. They try so hard to trigger you. And you're just like, mm, you heard what they said, but you know, you're staying strong, right? You're not taking the bait, staying strong. Number four is you're reading the other person's emotions and you're mirroring them. That kind of like throws them off their game, too. You're like, oh, okay. You know, like you're kind of empathizing with them. You're like kind of there with them. You know, that's really, really important to kind of like mirror them because you want to just let them know that you're kind of there with them. You're you're empathizing with them. You that you you let them know you're feeling them. People want to know that they matter. They want to know. They want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. They want to know that they matter. All people want to feel valued. And no one is walking away, whatever their worst case scenario is. It's not happening, okay? I mean, both sides are going to have to give a little here. They're going to have to feel like they're being, they're feeling seen and heard in this situation. So make sure you're reading their emotions. You kind of barter a little bit with this, okay? So that's number four. Number five. Number five is you use my slay approach. Yes, you want to slay this negotiation. And how you slay the negotiation is you use my slay approach. Strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focus on you. You have to have a super strong strategy. You use invincible leverage. You anticipate what the narcissist is going to do and being two steps ahead of them. And you focus on you, your case, and your position. Right? Strategy. You have a super strong strategy. Leverage, invincible leverage, especially with the narcissist. And remember, with the narcissist, you're like, you're focusing on their supply. I've got lots and lots of other videos on all that stuff. And you got to get my sleigh program to get the good stuff on that. Right? And number six, really good psychological trick is always be ready to walk away. Always be ready to walk because if you aren't, they know they have you, right? Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. 
tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life and I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. 